Welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 241, recorded on August the 1st, 2019. And on tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about Smash Brothers, a whole heap of Smash Brothers, and EA, everyone's favourite company. So, Jesse, let's go! What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us for episode 241 of Nintendo Dads. My name is Marty, and joining me tonight, a cast of characters from around the world. If they were Muppets, they would be the ones you remember and not the ones that you forget that flail around in the background <laughs> in some scenes and not others. Speaking of Muppets, Jesse Waldack, how are you? Walker, walker, walker. <laughs> I was actually thinking of a particular Muppet. Yeah, I was avoiding that one. <laughs> I think Gary knows him. <laughs> you may have broken me a little bit there. <laughs> Look, we have we're, already... We're, this we've been recording for 40... 30 seconds. Gary's already broken. Yeah, Good look, job. We're, we're already 40 minutes late tonight because we just could not stop talking about life and all kinds of other stuff. But that's... That, look, that's that's fine. Sometimes you need to talk about life and PCs and daughters' dance classes and all kinds of other stuff you can't talk about on the show. But uh, Jesse, how are you, man? How's your How's your week been? Um, pretty hectic, as you know. We have uh, you know, getting ready for school. Or the youngest one is entering her senior year of high school. The middle one just moved out. He's got his own place with some t- with two roommates. So uh, the house will be. Qu- getting quieter and then it'll be really quiet next week because my wife will be in Pennsylvania camping for like 10 days by herself so, well but within the family unit yes but she's with other people I think she's she'll be in a group of six or eight and amongst the community it'll be over 10,000 people at this wow. it's large enough that the state considers it a city, you know, even though they're only there for two weeks, it's big enough to be a city and they have to have a functioning post office and running utilities and all. So I can send a letter to an actual address and she would receive it. Just for that week. Though. Just for that week. You know, because like when you first started talking about her going camping, I was like, is this like one of those, like, Alone and about to die, or naked and no, afraid, or you know, SEA reenactment, surviving you know, 14th century reenactment wars. If you know, yeah, anything about that, I don't, yeah, but it sounds she, cool. She, you know, we, we, there's a Lily's War, which is what we in June in the local area. She likes to tries to go to Gulf War every year, doesn't always make it in March in Mississippi, I think, you know, near you know, Gulf of Mexico, Gulf Wars. And she's always wanted to go to Penzik, and this is her first time actually being able to go. Cool. That, you know, that sounds awesome. Do what you love, right? Do what sure. you love. Speaking of doing what you love, Mr. Gary Gray, he's back, and he looks different on his brand yeah. new PC. On a computer that's not going to blue screen on us. Well, we show. don't know. We don't know. We gotta, we gotta make it through an episode first. True. Hey, look, it, look, it's, it's Fire Emblem Week, right? I haven't played it. Okay, we'll get through, through to that in a second. But it's, yeah, it's we're Fire gonna have Emblem to hear Week. That story. 
and uh, and I've got a new PC, so hopefully now crashing. And I mean, when I was choosing it, I was scrolling through the website and I had a little Fire Emblem quote that was in my head when I was looking at the PCs, which was basically, pick a PC and pray. Because seriously, <laughs> that, that was all I could think about is if I get a new PC and it goes down, that's it. That's the end of the podcast. I'm going to wreck shop. Is that Fire Emblem you or know? is that WWE? Which one is that? <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny about the whole situation is knowing Gary and how he feels about Fire Emblem, and knowing me and how I feel about Fire Emblem. Gary has not played Fire Emblem, and I have. Yeah, yeah. Mine's, mine's through to a few technicalities, should we say, because I would have got quite a bit of Fire yeah. Emblem in. But we'll talk about that on the Let's Play, because I haven't played anything this week, spoiler alert. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about why I haven't played anything this there's week. A, there's a video later. that they can go and look at and see why, right? Yeah, there is. Over there on is our, over on our YouTube channel. It, it's an Total unboxing plug. of Fire Emblem. Go check yeah. it out. Pause the episode. Go watch the video, come back, you'll have complete context. Also joining us this week, Nintendo Dad's community Discord guru. That's right, we've got a guru too. It's Tim Off. Hello, everybody. The uh, man, this the time myth, I wore, the legend. I wore the, my Detroit Tigers hat to hopefully remind you that I am from Michigan, Marty, not Minnesota. <laughs> Tim, is, Tim is joining us tonight all the way from the snowy depths of Minnesota. Oh. <laughs> You know, you, you know, as an English guy, you're like, oh, from Detroit. I'm like, which part of Sweden's that again? Because <laughs> I have no idea about the geography of the USA. The southern tip. Um, Tim is also, uh, you may not know this, but Tim is a is a very rarefied supplier of Hot Wheels Mario Kart uh, cars, and uh, yeah, yeah, he he hooked I me keep up. My eyes I'm, peeled. I'm I'm excited because you know when you live in an area that has one target in a two hour radius, the scalpers be crazy, yo. Yes. <laughs> the, it, you yeah. didn't turn up with a dis- trench coat just full of uh, well, Hot Wheels cars, did you? I, <laughs> I know that. I, I just got to say this because if if I don't, I'm I'll say it somewhere else, and it's okay. Uh, whoever it was at Nintendo and Jack specific or Hot Wheels or whoever decided that Mario Kart like accurate Mario Kart Hot Wheels needed to be a store exclusive, needs to be drug out in the street and kicked in the butt repeatedly. What's and weird is I don't, in front of people. I don't remember seeing a Target logo on those cars, but you'll have to look at it again for me. But yeah, there's, I, there I, is no logo. It's just that they're the only store that's carrying them right now. It's, it's, it's like I, from what I understand, other stores will get them and other stores okay. like uh, internet toy stores, exclusive. like Big Bad Toy Store and, Entertainment Earth can distribute them, but okay. as far as like local retail, only Target's going to have them for right now, which is nutso. Uh, you know what's nutso? We've been uh, in the show for this long and we've not hit the news yet. So yeah, I think uh, let's a record. just dive <laughs> right in. Jesse, give me that news music, please. Oops. I forgot to bump the volume back up. Let's try that again. There it is. Two for the price of one this week. I, I got uh, distracted. A guy from my from work is in the chat, and I was saying hi oh, to him. Nice. Well, Hello, guy, guy from work. I blame Walton for <laughs> stuff at work. Why not blaming Walt? Why not blame Walton at the podcast? That's 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 fine. <laughs> hey uh, guys, our news is brought to us this week by you over at patreoncom backslash Nintendo Dads. Uh, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can hop in over there and get access to our private Discord server only for patrons. Yep. The air is very thin up here. Yep. It's awesome to be on top of the world. 
you can join in there or for $5 a month, you can get access to every single sub channel in the discord, including um, lobby and <laughs> such, <laughs> such, such, such rare channels as lobby and <laughs> well, well, like we, we have, we've got different categories. There yeah, th- there's like a b- big section of game specific content. Yeah. Game yeah. specific channels. Um, Topics. And there's like, there's Let's Mario play. Maker codes flowing in there and all kinds of other stuff. So, uh, Tim has done a great job setting all that up. Plays for tabletop things. games. Yep. Tabletop. There's toy pictures and all kinds of stuff. It's, it's great. You, you need to do that. Uh, and then there's 10, 15 and $30 levels too, if you'd like to support us in that. And we want to say a big shout out this week to our good friend, third strongest mole who just recently upped his pledge to the $15 level. We're going to start shouting out uh, people who up their pledge as well from this point forward. And so we want to say thank you. Really, guys, it doesn't matter whatever level you support us at. We are very, very thankful for you and uh, all your support and helping us get things done over here. So if you're not a patron, jump on over there right now, at least on the dollar level. Come be a part of our Discord. We would love to talk to you. We'd love to chat with you during the week. And uh, it's just tons of fun over there. So that's our commercial. We won't talk about it anymore right now. Uh, Big news this week. Smash Brothers 4.0.0 update has now dropped. Uh, Nintendo released a 22-minute-ish video on July 30th uh, detailing release date for the hero as well as the update. And it was done live stream style. So... Uh, Masahiro Sakurai just basically played the game live and talked over it. Well, I wouldn't call it live. Yeah, it was it was severely edited, right? But yeah, I mean, I I call it. Usually, we show these things and they're well put together, and I was like, well, then what is this? (laughs) Right? I I call this uh, a direct, not direct. Yeah, it was not scripted. That was one way it was said. It was not. They didn't write a script for it like they would a normal Nintendo Direct. Uh, so those, let's run down the actual plays. They were they were definitely not let's play style. They were choreographed. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, let's run down some of the the news that was revealed during this direct. If you have not seen, or is it a direct? It's a presentation. I don't know. If you haven't seen it yet, you can go over to YouTube. It was and watch a YouTube it. video. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this update includes the hero character, which is the second of the DLC pack. It includes four Dragon Quest heroes. Three, four, eight, and eleven. Uh, two of them have names like Solo and some other name that starts with an A. Yeah, I, I, and, I don't know if that's the Japanese version of what we call Erdrich, but that caught me off guard. I've never heard of that Arusa name. Rusa or Runa or something like that. And then two of them have the highly creative names Eleven and Eight. Right. And then they showed off an alternate color for each, and they're like, can you guess who these are supposed to be? My answer, no. See, I've played almost every game, and I, without having... You didn't know? Without playing them again, I wouldn't know. I'd... Right. Uh, so those those four, I guess, very distinctively different skins are uh, a part of the hero package as well as an alternate color for each. Uh, you also get the stage Yggdrasil's Altar, which includes a rising platform uh, that it noted. Uh, I noticed he mentioned as he was playing, uh, it rises in Super Smash Brothers fashion, meaning it doesn't in the game. And he did uh, play through the stage and point out 
several different things. Uh, there was a big whale thing flying around in the back uh, that apparently has something to do with the story. There's a rainbow bridge. He named off some of the different things and also showed the tree, the, the world tree or whatever it was, that has a glowing green orb inside. And he said it's very important to the story. Of course, Dragon Quest 11S does not release in the United States until September 27th. Is that right? Jesse, uh, you, I know September you're something. I don't have the exact date on it's me. either the 27th or the 29th. I'll I know we should know that. I'm sorry. Um, I thought it was the 20th, but I could be wrong. Maybe it, now, Tim, now you're confusing <laughs> keep, us. Keep going. I'll look it up. Anyway. Uh, also included eight music tracks, the field and the battle music from each of the four represented games. Unfortunately, there's no prelude music, but you can hear a little bit of it during the victory screen when you win uh, with the hero. Dragon Quest themed spirits were also announced to be added to the game. And then the release date was dropped, which was available that day, July 30th, uh, which did not release until later on in the afternoon, I believe, uh, up in uh, kind of up in the evening, just like Joker did uh, when he came out. Uh, if you, it was included if you already have the fighter pass or the heroes being sold with the stage, with the music, with uh, the character for five ninety nine individually. Along with that came four brand new Mii Fighter costumes, which are seventy five cents each. There's Veronica from Eleven. There's Erdrick, who is said to come from Dragon Quest the original in the video. There's the martial artist male and female costumes. I'm not too sure where they came from. Uh, and then there's a slime hat, I, I, I which think, has jiggle physics. I think the martial artists are in, show up in various games. Okay. It's kind of a generic NPC style. And so um, with this also was the 4.0 of Smash uh, that added in various changes to the game. The biggest of which I would argue is the online tournament mode, which now will allow you to be put randomly into up to a 64-man tournament with rules that are set by the system and can change over time, along with special event tournaments to be held from time to time. I would say probably with those special event tournaments, there's going to be some kind of prize like a spirit or something like that that you can get for your participation. Because every time I have played uh, a tournament, no matter if I lost in the first round since this update has come out, I got a spirit I did not have. Oh, so I would, I would say there's probably something like that coming. I don't think my son has tried the tournament mode yet. So it's uh, a really cool feature. I mean, you just hop on, you pick your character, it randomly matches you up, you play your battles, and battles are two two minutes and thirty seconds with two stock. And most of the stages are omega stages for this tournament. So it's all flat, items included. Um my, and there's my, some my son normally plays with uh Omega with no items. So, you know, that the items will probably mess them up. <laughs> there are some, uh, I've learned uh, that there's some really good online smash players and I am not one of them. <laughs> you know, I thought I was yeah. okay. And then you go online so, and it's like, Oh my. So, he was at the house here when he, he first tried playing as the hero. And he, he is like the luckiest kid I know. He gets like all the, he gets the most shinies in Pokemon Go and whatnot. Um, there's a random element of uh, Game & Watch where he holds up a number and whatever the number is that an effect happens, nine is like the best effect and he gets nine a lot. So his friends there get mad at him. So he is like the RNG guy. 
the first time he did the the slash strike was a crit hit and a KO. First hit, boom, KO. He's like, ah, RNG, yay. (laughs) There's a ton of people playing as the hero online in those tournaments as well, and they already are way too good. Um, Heroes moveset, I want to talk about that for just a minute because it's pretty different than, than Smash. Um, in fact, it's, I, I would say it's one of the most unique movesets that we have seen. Uh, there is your traditional up B, which saves you from falling. There is the side attack. There is that, uh, there is kind of like a sword slash combined with magic. There is your traditional standing, uh, or, or still B, uh, which is a charge up fireball. And then there's the down B, which calls up the input menu and has random spells and effects uh, from various different Dragon Quest games. Um, what makes this unique is that all three spells, including the, you know, just the, the sol- solo B, the, the, the tilt B, and the up B, can all be charged. So up B is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, well, Jesse, I, it's whoosh. Only the fire one can be charged and saved for later. The yes, other ones, right. all, the other two, can be charged, but if they're not used, then it's wasted. Yeah, they're they're it's it's mainly how long you press the the B button. Right. So yeah, there's so so the uh, so the wind attack, got, the lightning attack, the, and then the fire attack. With the up, you is the whoosh spell. Hold it down for a little bit. It turns into swoosh, and then it turns into kuswoosh. Kuswoosh. And then left. It, uh, left and right and B is zap zap zapple and zap zapple and kazap or kazap. Oh, is that not one of them? Well, and I was <laughs> waiting for them to bring out the snapple. Yeah, snap snapple and kasnapple, and then we could all have tea. Um, and so that's like you can charge up a lightning sword. Then there's the uh, I think the one in the the, the fireball is frizz. Frizzle and Kafrizzle. Yeah. And then the down B just has tons of stuff. Like there's a kamikaze attack. There's a magic explosion, which like pulls in everybody around you for massive damage. The accelerator, which makes your character really fast. There's hatchet man, uh, sleep. Yeah. I think my, it, my, one of my favorite ones is zoom. Cause in the normal games, zoom lets is your fast travel. Let's you teleport to another. Right? no previous city you've been to but if you're in a building and you do it you'll zoom up and smack your head and so they put that in the game if there's a shelf above you you will smack into the shelf that's do you take damage i don't know but if you're if you're over a gap you could fall (laughs) yeah that like when i saw the moveset and and i actually played as him for the first time like I was very meh on this character until I played as the hero. And and the thing is, I, I, I think that's the hook to this character is that you may not understand him and you may not know him from Dragon Quest. Of course, it's I, I really think that out of all the characters we've seen so far out of the three, that this was the Shuin character because of how popular Dragon Quest is in Japan. Yeah. But like playing as the hero is legitimately fun. And it won me over. I don't. I know nothing about this game. I am not buying Dragon Quest Eleven. 
I'm not. I know I said that last week about Fire Emblem, but shut up. Uh, I am not behind Dragon Quest XI. I don't we saw how well Persona 5 worked for you. Yeah, I know. And I'm still working my way through that. Uh, I'm not buying a 120-hour RPG. I, I'm not. I can't do it. I can't handle it. I don't have time. Anyway, I, I'm really not interested. I love the design work. I like. I love the the look of Dragon Quest games. I just don't. I don't. I can't do it. So you, you say this now, but wait until that social media peer pressure comes in. Come on, Marty. Everybody's doing it. <laughs> but, Shut up, Gary. Yeah, that voucher just <laughs> sitting you that there waiting I know to you're be probably used. right. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, yeah, I'm, you know what's going to happen. Like you're going to see me that Friday, and I'm going to make the post. I'm weak, and I'm buying it at GameStop. Uh, anyway, or you it's, fell it's over a, it's and looked at that in my shopping cart. Also included with this update, final smash uh, meter time limit. Uh, you can no longer like use the smash the the final smash meter and just let it sit forever. It now will expire. Um, a new very easy difficulty has been added to adventure mode uh, for people who are having trouble on certain battles, or as Sakurai said, you would just like to relax. In other words, you're going to be able to go in and wreck shop. Uh, also, a new spectate <laughs> mode feature has been added where you can bet on who will win, uh, and but you're, what you bet, you don't lose. So it's encouraging spectators, which I think is is pretty cool. Uh, they is also this mentioned the same currency used to like buy other spirits and other things. Yeah, that can you can bought. get you can get items and spirits through this right. as well. I wasn't um, sure what the currency was for, but just like just like with uh, with Joker's character pack. Uh, a new section of the like DLC spirit board has also been added for Dragon Quest characters and new amiibo were um, talked about during this, which I thought was funny or just kind of weird, I guess that they talked about the new amiibo that just came out, but they didn't talk about the hero. amiibo. <laughs> it's like, this would be the, this would be the perfect time to do, to talk about a hero amiibo. And I like, don't you, don't you think with, that uh, that they're they're not going to do all four of those. They're probably just going to do the one that's. They're they're probably just going to do the one that's in eleven. Um, probably the eleven. Yeah. Right. So, so you know, Tim's trying to share his screen, but the way I have OBS pieces together faces, it doesn't work well with OBS. It's, I'm not I'm not just sharing that, my screen. So that that's fine. Uh, the, the new that. amiibo that just came out, by the way, are Isabel Pokemon Trainer and Pichu. Uh, everywhere that I've gone that carries amiibo still, like GameStop uh, in my town, they hey they were hanging off the shelves, man. They I don't think that people were very excited about this wave. And Pichu's gigantic. It was really? like I got I got I got Pokemon and and uh, Trainer and Pichu, and Pichu comes up to like Pokemon Trainer's shoulders. Like, Not the scale. Totally disproportionate. But hey, an they could that's an, sell uh, one this small for sixteen dollars yeah, and not I have a right. So, uh, so I'm still I'm still waiting for Joker to be available to pre-order, and I'm, I plan on getting Joker and Hero. Banjo, I'm not sure about yet. Probably not. <gasps> not Banjo. <laughs> right, so, what are you guys' next... thoughts on yeah, on this pack? If you're playing, Gary, I know you play Smash. Tim, do you, do you like the character? Do you like the changes? What do you think? 
Um, no, I, I actually don't like. I actually don't play Smash anymore. Um, I brought it for the online, and the online was terrible, so I stopped playing it very fast, which is a shame because I was really looking forward to it. But when you're uh, 32 and don't have local friends who will play games, then uh, the, the online is kind of yeah. We, we all know how it is. It's the same with Mario Maker too. So I didn't buy the uh, Fighters Pass, especially being as there's no fighter up until Banjo that I'm actually really interested in. And I did the same thing with um, Smash on the Wii U. I brought Cloud and didn't buy the other characters, even though I love Corin and Bayonetta. I just I just didn't play Smash enough to justify the money. Um, are you gonna buy? Uh, are you gonna buy Banjo by himself? I will probably buy the the entire Fighter Pass at some point because I do want to go back and play Smash Bros. And I'm hoping that the people with the really bad internet aren't trying to play online anymore. But we'll see how it aren't. goes. Here, here's yeah. the thing. Like I've played here in my office. I've played both Smash with the online tournament, right? And mm-hmm. Mario Maker 2. And there is an absolute world of difference. Smash today, the, I mean, same internet, same type of connection, same bars showing. Mario Maker 2, absolutely unplayable. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people and say, say Smash, that Smash is okay. I've um, never had a problem with Smash, and I still don't. I think Europe's... Um... Or because of Europe getting all bundled together, I think that's part of the problem. Um, which I know you could say it's the same in the USA, but um, like uh, I think I think that is actually part of the cause. Like because uh, when, when I've bundled up with a bunch of friends all in the UK and on forums, it's okay, it's fine. It's when you just go random matches that it, it was really bad, and it it was probably more unplayable than Mario uh, than Mario Maker Two last time I played it. Because uh, you would get a moment of of smooth running for like a second, and then it would just completely stop. Not do the Mario Judd, it would like completely stop. Uh, but yeah, well, I'll have to I'll have to go back and see because, like I say, most of those people with a really bad internet connection probably aren't bothering to play it anymore. So it, it might be better now. Yeah, I mean, I really don't at this point. This is like, and I know this is a shift away from the Smash Brothers subject, but I just I wanted to mention it here because we've we've brought it up. Like I don't see how at this point they can continue to let Mario Maker 2's online servers be as bad as they or online be as bad as it is because it's 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 honestly it's it's an embarrassment because I don't know that anybody that like has played online that has said, "Boy, I've had a great time," right? Like it's worked flawlessly. Like even. Uh, like, I'm not talking about local play. I'm just talking about like the actual online. I don't know mm-hmm. a single person who said who hasn't had a problem at some point. Yeah. So, when I was playing, trying to get points for Monthly Mayhem that uh, did end last night, uh, like the second week or the third week, things started getting a little better. Uh, I I still had problems occasionally, but mm-hmm. it was it did become the rarity as opposed to Working okay. was the rarity. Like, see, I played like, it last like, week and it was like, still terrible. Okay, so maybe I got, maybe I just got lucky. So, so swing, swinging back around to the to the smash thing, uh, hero. Um, I think the character was, is deserved and in, to be included completely. Um, as me personally, I've never played a Dragon Quest game, so I don't really care for the character. But uh, I think it's great that it's Smash Bros is being treated as as a worldwide thing with the character choices. Um, 
so I think it's a great inclusion. It's it's a good to get people into games that they might not really know about or have played before as well. Right. So yeah, I quite like I quite like the uh, inclusion of the character, even though it, like I say, it's not really a character I'd have chose. That and that that brings up a good point because you know I think everybody has a hope for the fighter yeah. pass, and uh, I wanted to use that to swing back around to a rumor that has pop back up on the internet at this week because of this uh back before back when the fighter pass was announced and back before we knew any of the characters uh there was a very popular rumor going around that the very first character would be joker the second character or maybe it was after joker was teased right it was that we knew joker was coming the second character that was teased was erdrick from dragon quest Uh, This leaker also mentioned that the third character would be Banjo-Kazooie. And they mentioned that the fourth and fifth characters would be a Monster Hunter representative and Doom Slayer. Nope. Okay, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) So so no credence to it at all. The fact that they nailed the first two. Like, absolutely... I'm not saying it's not possible. It's just, you know, Doom Guy is not the guy I would have picked. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, why I came to that was what Gary was saying about that it's become this global thing, right? That it's become just like almost a celebration of video gaming and everything. Now, that's not who I hope it is either. But if you listen to our episode a few weeks ago with Roger from Roger's Base, you know who I hope it is. Uh, cause we fanboyed out. I don't know if it was on the show <laughs> or maybe beforehand for, for like a good five minutes. Um, but anyway, if, if, let me ask you this, Gary, cause like, as soon as I said it, you were like, Nope. Um, if it's, <laughs> if it's monster hunter and doom guy, does that decrease your want for the fighter pass? No, no, it increases it tenfold, but I just don't see it happening. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I, I absolutely adore Monster Hunter, like, uh, but and Doom. Uh, I mean, yeah, definitely. I just don't see it happening. It's like it's like having Scorpion in from Mortal Kombat. Like, I'd be so down with that. It's untrue. I don't think that's happening. I think we've got a more a higher chance to see Snoop Dogg in Smash. <laughs> and with then the he, he'll theme he, that he stole. Uh, oh, sorry, but he'll have uh, he'll have the same similar move set to to the uh, Dragon Quest guy. You know, shizzle, nizzle, bizzle, all those moves. <laughs> well, that and just was imagine, a, just, uh, listen. Just I imagine. Actually, I would approve, condone, and be down for an Echo Fighter of Hero if it was Snoop Dogg, and uh, the. And the the new spells were like swizzle, cause swizzle. I'm sorry, but that victory dance. Yes, yep. <laughs> all in. <Yep. laughs> I'm done. Like we wow. we. I mean, it is well known on the show now that that Gary is a fan of '90s gangster rap, <laughs> and what? so it could I mean, not be right, right? West Coast versus East Coast. I mean, so yeah, I mean. Uh, I mean the entire conversation, like to me, I think the most deserving characters to be in at the minute, which I don't believe would be in, is not Master Chief. It would be Minecraft Steve and um, Dragonborn from Skyrim. Th- those are the two characters that I think sh- have a 
massive impact in the gaming industry or ET from the Atari. Cause I mean, let, let's, let's face it. He, he was quite impactful as well, but yeah, you know, paddle smashes, shoveling dirt, impact round <laughs> of cartridges, impactful in a, in the landfill, yeah. maybe. I mean, his final smashes literally destroy the video games industry. So what more could you want? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like going to back to the rumor. Like I can see, I can see monster hunter. Since yep. we've actually had Monster Hunter content in the game already, uh, see, that, that's the reason why I can see it not being in. Really? Yeah, completely. Yeah, and I mean, uh, okay, I thought the generic like nameless hero wouldn't come in, but then we got hero. So um, yeah, you don't but think that, they're going to do a, a second generic nameless hero mm. because Doom Guy is also a generic nameless hero. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> or, or you know what we're, we're gonna get the guy what's his name from um uh half-life oh yeah Morgan yeah but, or... I mean, yeah i mean there's there's a, there's a bunch of like characters which are impactful in the games industry i just i don't know i think glados I think gonna... for smash <laughs> i just think we're gonna be really surprised <laughs> we'll, or we might get nameless generic uh fortnite character you know Let, the no not the character is... Just the dance. That is just that's the just fighter. Fortnite dance <laughs> versus hero. What what what's that dance? Uh, the floss. The backpack. Yes, yeah, the floss. Backpack that's... kid. Floss is in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, let's uh, Let, let's move on. Let's pull the let's pull the train back on the tracks here. Um, Anyway, that, that update is out right now. You can download it. In. And also, uh, since Gary mentioned it, or someone mentioned it, Fortnite Season 10 has begun. That update is available as well. As well as, I believe, I saw this in the eShop today. Somebody helped me confirm that this is out. Is the, uh, is the Messenger update out? The, the, the Beach update? I don't know. Because it's being sold as a Is that a, a separate bundle. DLC? All right, I'll I'll check eShop while we talk. Okay. Um, so another thing that updated this week, and I, I don't want to talk about this too long, but I think it's important. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker has updated and is the newest Switch game with support for Labo VR. Uh, has anybody downloaded this and tried it that has no. the VR kit? I've got the VR kit. I've got Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, and I have not played the Switch version yet because, as you guys know, I brought the 3DS version because I'm that sort of genius. And then the DLC hits for the Switch version, which figures because I brought it on the 3DS. So I've now got it on the Switch, and I now will be playing the entire playthrough in Labo VR. You can play the entire game in VR now. Oh, I'm not sure if you can. I will. If it's just a section. I haven't actually looked at the news. I should have checked that first, but... Either way, I'll be playing the VR stuff regardless. Yeah, I went and finally tried the the Smash VR uh, the other day. I, uh, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I, I can't see that being good. I was it was really uh, bad looking. However, the Captain Toad, um, Captain Toad also got a full like free to play trial, but only in Japan. Mm. The uh, the Labo the Labo VR support for uh, Captain Toad allows you to play the treasure at Mushroom Ruins, Walleye Tumble uh, Temple, 
Briny Bowl Swimming Hole, and Minecart Tunnel Throwdown with the VR goggles. Oh, okay. So it's only a couple of levels, but it's still Four it's, it's, it's really cool that they're doing this. Um, you know, this support for the for the Labo. Uh, it makes me kind of wonder if they'll ever do a, a more solid VR kit, even if it's still branded Labo somehow. But I mean, the cardboard's not going to be around forever. Right. I still have my cardboard in the cardboard box. I haven't even opened it yet. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've only got the at, main goggles set up. Looking there. at the messenger, I'm, I'm confused here. So the game is normally $19.99 on sale for $16.99. Then the, the DLC, which is marked as a free download, is free. Or you can buy the bundle with both items in it for $19.99. Why isn't that also discounted? Yeah. Well, I also noticed as you were Googling that, I Googled it as well. And this DLC has been out since July 11th. Hooray oh, news. Has it really? Uh, <laughs> what? I, like, I just noticed it. Um, anyway, I'll, well, the, I'll the bundle. The bundle, is according to the eShop, the bundle has been available since uh, the 30th. So two days ago. Yep. So I guess they bundled it together and charged you an extra three dollars. That's smart business. Justin would be all over that. Right, but yeah, the the picnic panic bundle was launched on the eleventh. Okay, there you oh, go. Weird. Bundling. So all those updates are out. There you go. Uh, also, top ten Switch games as of the end of June twenty nineteen have been released. The new best selling and I guess previous best selling. Switch game is still rolling. It's Mario Kart 8 Deluxe at 17.89 million. It's now the second best Mario Kart game in the entire franchise, best selling Mario Kart game in the entire franchise. Guess which one's still on top? Why would it be Mario Kart Wii? Uh, yes, the game you will never beat. Like yeah. that, that nobody will ever beat. Like no Mario Kart game will ever beat that sales record. Uh, and the re and the there reason are... why the Switch version has Joy-Con wheels, <laughs> because we all know that's the reason why. <laughs> yeah. The Wii has sold thirty-seven point two million. Wow. Uh, yeah, Mario. So Kart they're, they're only twenty million ahead of ahead of it. Uh, second best selling is Mario Odyssey at fourteen point nine million. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate very very close at fourteen point seven million. Breath of the Wild at 13.6 million and Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee at a combined 10.9 million. From there, Splatoon 2 at 9 million, Mario Party, uh, Super Mario Party at almost 7 million, New Super Mario Brothers Deluxe at 4.1 million. This is the one that everybody like, you know, we don't need Super Mario Deluxe. No one will buy it. 4 million people did. Uh, one, two, Switch, 3 million copies sold. I am one of them, and so are you. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm one of them, unfortunately, too. I didn't want to buy it, but my daughter wanted it. Yep. Uh, Mario Tennis Aces in the top 10 at 2.75 million. Honorable mention, Super Mario Maker sold 2.42 million in three days, and it will break into the top 10 this quarter. Absolutely. It probably it's going already to take has. But <laughs> I would say it's going to be that's going to be top five by the end of the year. Absolutely. Also, at this time, the Switch is being reported to have sold 36 million units, uh, which is pretty incredible, and putting it very, very close to lifetime sales of the Xbox One, which Microsoft will still not release officially. And I'm not surprised. Yeah. 
So, I've got to ask you guys a question. If Breath of the Wild released later, do you think this would actually be higher up the list? Or do you think it would still be sitting around the same place? I think it'd probably be in the same place. Yeah. Me too. Mm, we'll see with Breath of the Wild 2 when that, when that releases. I, we'll see yeah. if that... I have a bold prediction that Breath of the Wild 2 will actually sell more than Breath of the Wild. I think I it will. I believe, yeah, it. And I believe just, it will. Just like I think Sword and Shield will outsell Pikachu and Eevee. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Sword and Shield are going to... You want to talk about your... Uh, May... Like, I don't know, Mario Kart 8 is still rolling. Uh, I think it and Sword and Shield are your first 20 million we, uh, Switch games. Yeah, I, I'm not arguing that with, with that one. I mean, Mario Kart 8's had two years, but I think I, I I think that Pokemon Sword and Shield will be the fastest selling Nintendo Switch game of all time. Yeah, well, Odyssey, it, it, yeah, Odyssey and, and Breath of the Wild don't have the the long tail as Mario Kart traditionally has, right? And Smash is, I mean, Smash is going to have a pretty long tail as well. Yeah, it's going to go for a while. I, I, there's several up here. Like, I'm going to tell you which one I think we're going to see drop. Very, very soon, completely out of the top 10, and that is Splatoon 2. With content drying up for it, it's going to drop. It may not go out completely out of the top 10 yet, but it's going to be going down. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a strange one, but Splatoon 2, yeah, the, the support's ended. I mean, Mario Kart, really? Is it going to get pushed out by another Mario Kart? I hope so, but uh, it's it's interesting that it's still... You know, up there, and people say about the ports, but come on, I mean, <sighs> New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe and Mario Kart 8 are both in the top list, so yep. ports make sense. And I'll obvious. tell you that by the and, end of the year, or even the first of next year, if Nintendo will go ahead and pull the trigger on Super Mario uh, 3D World and port yep, it to the that'll Switch, be in there, yeah. oh, it'll be it'll be top 10, like and, that. And plus, Breath of the Wild, if you want to count that as a port, since it kind of is. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean that's debatable because it was it's debatable, launch, but but it's still debatable, but it's also kind of true, right? <laughs> it definitely right. wasn't the main system it was developed for. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> thus it makes it uh, a port. I mean, uh, let's let's talk about some Nintendo Switch Online benefits and move on through the news because we've got we've got a big let's discuss topic. I, I think we need to hit here in just a few minutes. Uh, Nintendo Switch Online benefits have been added to uh, all users of Nintendo Switch Online, the first of which is a Mario Tennis Aces free trial. This is going to begin on August the 7th and go through August the 13th. You can download for free the entire game, not just a demo, not just a little section. You can download and play through the entire game if you want to, and if you choose to purchase the game after the trial, it will be discounted by 33%. Now, that discount is confirmed for the UK region. It's not confirmed for other regions, but this is the, uh, I guess, the Western equivalent of Japan getting Captain Toad and getting it completely for free. But also, Japan's getting Captain Toad for 10 days. 10 days? You can beat that, you can beat that entire game in 10 days. Yeah, easily. Yeah, I mean, like, get all of it in 10 mm-hmm. days uh it's it but it's interesting to see i mean like i think that the draw I here i finished builders 2 in about 15 so sure that, 
obviously here the draw is they're wanting you to download a game and play it online, right? They're yeah. they're, they're wanting to, to show off the online capability of this game. And I think it's a good choice. Probably, I mean, it's low there. It's bottom of the top 10 list. People are, are you know, have held out on it for lots of reasons. But uh, that's you can actually download the trial right now, but you cannot access it until the 7th. But on the 7th, go knock yourself out. Mario Tennis Ace is actually not a bad game. It's not It's not great. Uh, if you love tennis, I'm sure you'll like it a whole lot better. But it, it's it's had its flaws. Nintendo's fixed a lot of it. Uh, I think you should go check it out. Also, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Spirit Board Challenge Pack is now available for free for all Nintendo Switch Online users. A bundle of items is what this is. It's listed as uh, 1500 SP, 10X Shuffle All, 10X All Primaries, and 10X All Support. Basically, those are all items that you can use in the Spirit Board to uh, get new spirits, to help you... Um, you know, the SP is like if you miss when you shoot at the spirit, you can pay some to try get to shoot again. You can spend that money uh, in the shop. So that's really cool. They're offering that completely for free uh, for all of you who are Nintendo Switch Online subscribers and play Smash. Really neat. And however, on the opposite side of that, online news that we don't want to talk about, that we would not like to share, is that or some people would <laughs> share it. I don't care. I mean, stick a fork in it. It's done. The Nintendo 3DS YouTube app will no longer be supported on September 3rd, 2019. For all five of you who are watching YouTube on your 3DS, why? Because they haven't bought uh, the Switch yet. I, lo- I love that we've been hearing <laughs> the downfall of the 3DS for like the last two years, but it also seems that like, because the sales reports were out for that, weren't they? We didn't actually cover that. But no. they okay. They so only, do you know those? I think it's it was point. It, it was a couple of hundred thousand. Still wasn't it? I think. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't looked at console numbers. I, I actually can't remember what they are. I'm just joking. But oh, if it's a couple of hundred thousand, now I'm going to be surprised because it's that high. But it also seems like Nintendo's refusing to let it go. Um, you know, it, I mean, but the Grim Reaper's knocking on its door now. It's like 3ds, your time is up. And Nintendo's there like, but we've got so many things. We've got the Atui collection. We've got uh, Mighty Number no. 9. Mighty Number no. 9's coming. <laughs> was that voice? This past quarter. Now that, now that Gary has made me Google this cursed information, here it is. 200,000 units this past quarter. Oh, wow. That's higher than I thought. So. April through June. What, but the wow. publisher notes, Nintendo notes, this is a 44.9% decrease on yeah. a year-on-year basis. It that's a fifty percent. I mean, that's that's like half, guys. Yeah. So, so when you when you did that voice, the first thing I thought of in my head was 3ds. You have failed this city. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, it's dead. It's done. I don't know. You know, it reminds me of the uh, the emperor in the the. the sp- the Star Wars Episode Three is it when uh, Samuel L. Jackson's got him on the window and the 3DS is hold on for its life, going no, no. <laughs> you know what the 3DS has then, don't you? <laughs> Unlimited power. No, the battery runs out still. Uh, that is true. <laughs> oh, you know, you know what's what's funny in this is like in the last thirty minutes of the show, Tim has said absolutely nothing. Tim's Tim's gonna have a dad talk with us. He's like, "Now, guys, stop the voice." He's just sitting over stop. there shaking his head, grinning. 
Stop yes. being so hyper. You know what the time is. Those are my boys. Come on, <laughs> Come on Tim. Tim still plays his 3DS. Yeah, we actually, my son broke out the 3DS today when we went out to celebrate my oldest's uh, uh, birthday today. He brought his, he brought my 3DS actually, because um, I had charged it up because my daughter actually had been playing Animal Crossing on it. So they they both have switches, but they went back to the 3DS to one playing Animal Crossing, one wanted to play uh what did he what was he playing he was playing actually uh moon i don't know if you guys remember that one remember. Oh, yeah. uh, moon chronicles he wasn't yep. playing picross no <laughs> jesse he, is disappointed <laughs> <laughs> yep he's he was playing that and uh he asked for my games and he's he's been playing that i guess he got wanted a break from the switch so I look at it for me. The 3DS is is my retro device because uh, I can go back and play the Super Nintendo games. I can play a lot of DS games, all my favorite DS through 3DS games, um, and then all the virtual console stuff that's available to it. So to me, I it's think my. I'm about going back to play Minish Cap again, but on the other hand, I didn't want to burn myself on Zelda before Zelda comes out. So yeah, I'm waiting on uh, that. That's a good point. <laughs> I thought Cap about that really too. Good. Yeah. Before we move on, the one the one thing I do want to say about the 3DS is that I hope that when it's remembered in a couple of years' time, that it's not looked back on as being the, the system that wouldn't let go. I hope that all this is is over with and people remember it for the amazing console and the amount of oh, incredible that was, games that it had. That was the GBA. That, that, that's the thing is that it's really it's really easy, I think, to like demonize the, the 3DS right now, right? Because it's like, why are people still buying it? Then you look back at the software library, like you look at the last eight years, right? And you see all of the things that, and, and I can even go back. Still plays DS games. Like I can, I can go back to times when the, like the Wii U, like was dead, like in a drought of games, you know, there was maybe like one coming paper Mario color splash is coming, but it's going to be months. What am I going to play? Well, I don't have any other system. I'll play my 3DS, right? Because there was always something there. And I remember looking forward to that. So, I mean, I do have fond memories of the 3DS. I, I, I do like my 3DS. It's just that I, I looked at my son and I'm like, why are you playing that? <laughs> like, what? you have a Switch. Why are you playing your 3DS? I know. I, know. I put more hours into my 3DS than, than I did on the Wii U. Yeah, well, I know I did. I know I did. Uh, but, you know... Because I pretty it, much had to schedule time to have TV time to, in order to play with I, you. I guess it's... it's you can't play Pokemon yet. Right? It's sad to see all these services winding down. But if you'll notice, they're winding down a lot faster than, like, Netflix on the Wii did. Yeah. I think it's fine to have all the services go. Just, you know, because... Play play the games that you like playing on it before. Play the games, yep. That's, you know, it does. It doesn't have to die. It could just go retire. You yep. know, go go live comfortably in a retirement home. Three <laughs> DS retirement home. Yes. With all the different three DS uh, colors and special with, editions, they all get together and eat. With, you know, Neo Geo eat lunch together. Yep. Oh, and the PS Vita. <laughs> Actually, they probably people probably don't even remember that in the. Uh, in the nursing home either. No, yeah. It's like in real life. Uh, 
Hey guys, let's let's dive right into this discussion topic, okay? All right, guys. So uh, earlier this week, um, EA made a uh, a statement uh, that pretty much, I think, it, well, I think it's pretty, you know, stock and standard for them now, but uh, lit up the internet uh, on well, it was yesterday, uh, the thirty first, uh, and basically here's a statement. I'm going to read this statement, and we're going to talk about. And we're also going to get some of our uh, listeners reactions, which were very strong, uh, on Twitter. Um, of course, FIFA 20 is coming to the switch. It is the only EA game coming to the switch at this time, but FIFA 20 will be the legacy edition release, meaning it won't, it won't get any new features or anything like that. Um, it, you know, it's, it's basically just going to be FIFA 19 with an updated roster, right? So, uh, EA CEO, Andrew Wilson, decided that he would talk about why they don't support the Switch. And this is what he said when asked about the possibility of The Sims coming to the Switch. He says, anytime we're evaluating platform conversations, we're really looking at a couple of things. One, does the game really fit that platform in terms of the controls or the community ecosystem? Two, do we think the community playing on that platform would appreciate the game to go there or would they prefer to play it somewhere else? We have a lot of data that would suggest that a great many Switch owners also own a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox One or a PC and very often choose to play the games that we make on those platforms, even though they have a Switch and they enjoy a lot of great content on the Switch. Jesse, I believe you have a sound effect for this type of comment. There it is. If I had a way to reach through the internet with a rubber stamp and stamp moron on this guy's forehead, I would do it multiple times. Baka, baka, baka. Yep. So basically, <laughs> to recap here, what uh, what EA CEO said is people play our games on other consoles or they would prefer to play or a great many uh, you know, often choose to play the games that we make on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One and PC. They don't play them on the Switch. You know why? Because they don't you don't wanna... freaking make them for the Switch. Well, or if they do, we get a gimped version. Yeah. So, you know, the only thing, like, I don't know what runs through you guys' mind when you hear this, but the only thing that I can think of is, like, w when he talks about how much data they have, is the only thing I could think of is billions and billions and billions and billions. You know who that is, right? Um, I don't see what you're with this. Nope. <laughs> yeah, no. Some people will get it. I just imagine this guy sitting in his office, you know, not 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 relevant in the least to any any video gamer person connected to video gaming, dev, publisher, whatever, and he's like, Oh, we've we we have the best data, we have the greatest data. It's billions and billions of data's that show that no one plays on the Switch. No one plays our games on the Switch. We don't have to make them. Yay! Idiot. Right. So, you know... I, I, yeah, I, I want to know what you guys think about this. Uh, you, you guys go first, because I have a conspiracy theory out there 
thing going on. Oh, okay. I, 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 I what... Conspiracy theories. I'm fine. Tim, we haven't heard from you in a little bit. What, what do you think about this? I, this, this, I get, I have gone through all the different emotions throughout the years with EA not coming on any Nintendo product, especially handheld after they gave up on it. What was it on the 3DS when they came out when that launched? And that was the last, I think, portable game. Um, and I had Madden for the Vita because it had Calvin Johnson on it, of course, because I'm a Detroit Lions fan being from Michigan, Marty. No, <laughs> no, was, I'm just messing with you. But anyways, uh, no, um, let's meet at the Mall of America. <laughs> so, um, but ever since that time, I've been frustrated in getting a game by a, a Madden game because I like Madden games and on a Nintendo product, especially portable, you know, and I don't. I've tried the mobile ones. They're okay, but obviously they you got to pay money to get the cards and all that kind of stuff. And I haven't played it all the way through to understand it completely and stick with it because I don't really stick with mobile games all that much. Um, but I liked where it was going to where I could play it on the go. But uh, basically getting back to this, it, like I said, I've been through all different emotions. Every E3, my hope, and, and even this past one, I made that prediction that we'll get a surprise announcement that EA and Nintendo are working on something together. Well, you know, this just tells we me that. We had that announcement in 2011, and you saw where that ended up. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it frustrates me to no end. This comment specifically is an ignorant comment, comment, or it's just a they think we're stupid comment. Because this comment just makes me even more frustrated to the fact that, yes, people are going to those other consoles because you are taking the time to make those games for those consoles. You're not taking your time to make it specifically for the, the people that play on Nintendo consoles. If you took the time to do that and consistently gave a good product that people could rely on, then yes, we would start buying those on Nintendo products. Can I, can I tell you where I think EA would see something sell ridiculously well on the switch that they, they probably wouldn't even think of to begin with is give the, give PS4 and give Xbox one and all the other crap stadia and all that. Give them Jedi fallen order, make an exclusive star Wars game for Nintendo switch and watch what happens. Well, and, and with that too, it's, you know how well or how much uh, all of us like our nostalgia, right? Especially on Nintendo. There's a certain audience that likes certain things on their Nintendo products. Yep. Why not bring back some of those older pixelated Maddens? Cough, cough. We, we love, cough. well, we like <laughs> Tecmo Bowl, right? So why not bring back a, a right. older Madden, Madden 95 or something like that? Well, you run into with a new roster. issues with, with people. Well, no, new roster. I mean, yeah, you do the new roster. I mean, do a, do a, do a 2D Madden, right? It, it doesn't yeah. have to be the, the, the level that you're putting on the yeah. PlayStation. If I go, yeah. if I want to play See. that level, then I'll go play there. Yeah. If I want to play a football game with something to the effect of what I used to play, it's nostalgic. I'll most likely get it for the Switch. Why not? Yeah. Well, and I'm, like, why can the Sims not run on the Switch? Yeah, we had it for the 3DS before, didn't we? Or the uh, DS. We had a Sims game then. Okay. I had one of those. Right. 
I've got to say, I think that, Tim, you're accidentally stumbling on exactly why they're not doing this. Because everything that you mentioned is in the past. EA are probably doing all their figures on what they've done in Nintendo's past. And none of them have sold as good as other consoles not being worth the effort. The Sims didn't sell as well. The football games didn't sell as well. And down to you, Marty, as well. Rogue Squad, Rogue Leader, we love those games. Didn't sell as well. EA is a business at the end of the day. They're, they are there to make money. They need resources. They only have so much. They can't spread themselves over millions and millions. I mean, they already get flack as it is, so they can't spread themselves even thinner and be subject to more flack. I think it's a quite a wise business decision, maybe, from their behalf. I don't know what their stats are, what their figures are, what their resources are, nothing like that. There's a reason they're not doing it. I think that the problem with all this this whole thing going on is his statement, his PR team, his speeches prepared for him, whatever it may be, was bad. That's what it is. But I believe that the business reasons that they're not doing it is legitimate. I mean, it's not just EA. I mean, there's a lot of companies that still are making games for the Switch, but EA is going to take the flack of it because they're big. But but right? here's but here's my argument with that is is that when the PS4 and the Xbox One were in their infancy and had sold less than 10 million, EA eagerly jumped onto those consoles. Yeah, but EA also jumped onto the Wii U, and look what happened there. Well, so I would your, the, the I would argument do, about them I would argue they selling, didn't try on the Wii U. The, the <laughs> argument, though, too, as well, is they put all these games out previously in the past. I don't remember one that scored well or did well because it was crap. Unless right. I'm mistaken, unless there was one that they actually did put effort in and made and was critically acclaimed and people gave it a good word of mouth. I don't they, remember any of them. They, they released Mass Effect 3 the same week for $60. The same week they released Mass Effect Trilogy on the other systems for less. And we wonder why people wouldn't buy the Wii U version. That, <laughs> uh, yeah, I see Dark Souls, Jesse. We got the Dark Souls example as well. They had Dark Souls Trilogy. And we only had Dark Souls 1 Remaster. And it was the same thing. We paid the same price as what they paid for the trilogy. But it sold. So I think I think there is like there's always a counter argument, and I'm not I'm not just playing devil's advocate here. I, I think there is actually, you know, a lot of business reasons in EA. I just don't I believe... think that the jargon that he could have spewed out would have been understandable for investors or the general public, and that's why he. I, and but the really did. I understand as, the business reasons. I understand you got to make I money. Too, but as as the as the general public at this point, like what I'm saying is, is you've got a console that has proven 36 million install base. Try one game, like you know FIFA. It can't be, it can't FIFA, be one game it either. An, it can't be that game. Like it need try. That's why try something that's not FIFA. It can't right? be just one game. It has to be something you got to get like. I would say maybe a handful of different games to try to reach out to different audiences. Like even just do it digitally. Want. You know, if they were to release, say, Plants vs. Zombies on the Switch, just as a test digitally. That, I think, would be a good one for it. It would sell. And you know it would. Right. It's, yeah. it was, there's a console version of it already. They, you know, right. they... Yeah, sorry. I mean, there, there's a console version of it already. <laughs> there's, it's, why why not? I guess is right. what I'm saying. Right. So we've got to get into where 
I'm thinking is the real story, but they're not going to say it because because they're businesses. So outside of Sims and Plants vs. Zombies, you know, you know, think of any recent EA game. Are there any EA games that do not have microtransactions up this butt? Oh. Well, yeah, Sims 4 has a lot of DLC. I'd say maybe 15 different packs. So that's that's kind of DLC on a bigger scale. Or, micro, you know, not microtransactions, but it's still DLC. And Sims on a console plays a little bit differently than Sims on a PC. So that's... So I think partially that's... Ultimately... Yeah, I could... I, off the top of my head, I couldn't think of any either. You know, so one of two things, if not both, is per Switch user, the um, per the microtransaction amount is less on a per Switch user than it is per user on other systems. And you know, or is now I'm thinking where the, where I was going with that. You know, or you know, people on Nintendo systems just generally may not go for the microtransactions as much. So ultimately, I think it comes down to post-purchase revenue. And if it's if they don't, if it's not high, as high as they want it to be, it's probably not even worth to develop it in the first place. So this even is where I can still sell a million units and make your sixty million bucks, but that's not enough for them anymore. This is where my frustration lies, and I'm probably not articulating it well enough. My frustration lies where EA doesn't seem like they're, they give a crap about the Nintendo audience, and they don't give a crap about spending the money to learn about that audience to make games for them. So I wonder, I do want to know how, uh, what was that last game that they quietly released that was um, the, the two characters uh, that was a, the sequel? Um, there were two little characters, blue and red. Unraveled. Uh, Unraveled. Unraveled. Yeah, wasn't that EA game? I I don't know about that one. I'm looking it up. That's a that's okay. a good point. I wonder. Um, if, yeah, that's an EA game. So I wonder how that well how that did, um, and how well of a game that was. From my understood, that was received well. It's like I said, I think really what it boils down to is the resources, right? Cause, because because porting to the Switch is not as easy as people seem to think it is and, and a Switch and stuff like that. It's not just like a, a slider that they put bad graphics, bad this, and then it's done. It, you know, Unravel is a game that is not graphically intense, probably not intense at all in any sort of respect. So it's easy to port. It's easy to port. We got, uh, we got a... Faye from Zoink Games and EA that came across, but again, that was an indie game, probably not too hard to port. I think I think it's down to resources. I think that's the real reason, and I think that there is truth that people do own multiple devices. As a Nintendo fan, it's really easy to think that we, you know, that a lot of people live with just one console, but the truth is people do have multiple consoles, and the Switch is their secondary portable console so I, I i do kind of think that there is truth in everything that they said i think realistically i think everyone's looking into it a little bit too much including myself like hands down easily but business is business y'all and ea is going to be ea and this will be a recurring argument in another year's time 
And I'm a consumer, just like they're see... a business that's angry about what they said. So, and yeah, just, do you, do you I'm think angry that we because will... they're not bringing back. Any time in the Switch's life cycle, do you think we will ever see EA support? And by support, I mean not Unravel and not Faye. Like, will will we see them say, okay, we get it? No. We're no. going to support the Switch. No. And I believe it's only going to get worse. I mean, we're like, what, probably a year out of having consoles that are 4K from the box, like fully 4K. And the next, you know, super computer consoles, which are going to be even harder to port games for. I mean, there's a panic button in Bethesda said, what, Wolfenstein was a miracle that it runs on Switch. I'm sorry, but if they're making games that are made for the next consoles, they are not going to run on Switch, no matter how good panic button is. Yeah, I'm uh, glad you brought brought the Wolfenstein thing up because we actually got, you know, when we posted about this on Twitter, got a ton of, of comments and... <laughs> Yeah, we we, actually said this when we when we linked to the article. uh, Our tweet said, "Meanwhile, McDonald's to stop selling hamburgers because quote people choose to go to Wendy's for those." Uh, What are your thoughts? And we asked people for their thoughts. And so uh, I'm going to just read off a few of these uh, before we move on and talk about what we've been playing. At Brian Jedi eighty two said this, and that's why I bring this up about Wolfenstein. It says, "Considering Doom Eternal and Young Bloods are both coming out." Uh, evidence points that Doom and uh, Wolfenstein uh, 2 sold enough to warrant ports of the sequels. Mm-hmm. This seems contrary to what EA is saying. Yes, games like Battlefield probably would sell better, but it's not like EA doesn't have other franchises. Burnout Paradise, Madden, Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare, The Sims 4, etc. would all probably do well on the Switch. Yeah, and I, I think th- that's a great point. I mean, they're... Now, like he said, Battlefield, probably not going to write. Jedi Fallen Order, probably not going to run on the Switch. But there's there EA has enough franchises under its belt that it could support the system with those. Maybe we don't, I don't, some people might get mad at me calling them this, not primary franchises, maybe secondary and tertiary franchises. EA could gladly put those yeah, like on your, the Switch. People are still going to buy them. and D-tier games. What I don't get yeah. is... EA has been struggling financially, right? If I remember correctly, they've been struggling financially. Why in the world would you not want to go sell games on a system that's doing well? If they're if they're a business, then do your business where people are buying consoles. It, well, yeah, I, I I agree with that. I also disagree with it because I mean the the Switch has still got a smaller install base. It's it's a lot more work to port. So that's a poor that's a poor risk. argument going along with what Marty just said about the PlayStation 4. When that started off, they were already there. And mm-hmm. they got to this point. So yeah, the why P- the, the PS4 and the Xbox One are the same power though, roughly. So they don't have to go out the way to make a specialized port. That's that's what I think this is all down to. I think it's down to resources. I really do. Well they it, make mobile games. Why you know the people are porting mobile games over to the Switch? Not yeah, I, I mean, that, I, I I agree with mobile. They should they should be porting those to Switch. I mean, to be fair, if you go to the eShop now, you get like thirty thousand eShop games to one decent one at the minute. So Ooh. yeah, I noticed a lot of the eShop games. Like, did that, I just go there? That's it. That's a right. I, no, you're right. You're right. Like I noticed a lot of eShop games that came out today that also released on iOS today and were cheaper. Yeah. And that's that's a whole nother argument for a whole nother day. Yeah. Uh, at Bald Seagull Game says, just a golf game, at least EA. It can't be that hard to do on the Switch well. And and that's a that's a 
pardon the pun, that's a gaping hole uh, there. There are no golf games on the Switch yet. Uh, of course, there's not a whole you know crap ton of golf games that are being released. Golf, golf Story? <laughs> well, golf, there is Golf Story. I forgot about Golf Story. Um, We're uh, lacking racing games. Why doesn't EA bring Need for Speed over? Well, they used I'll tell to do you that what, before. Because you know what's filling that gap and is going to stand in the gap for us? Garfield Kart Racing. The next <laughs> great kart racing game on the Switch. It's coming. You laugh, but it's real. Uh, at Crazy Tune 15, Robert Hood says EA would buy the rights to hamburgers if Wendy's made a better patty and sold it for less. Uh, at the at the Cable Guy YT, I'm surprised that Switch owners choose to, choose to play EA games. Period. Uh, at the Google King says I get that people buying FIFA slash Madden online competitively usually are not going to play it on Switch, but it seems like they're missing a big market of kids who just like playing sports games casually who only own Nintendo. Uh, my favorite comment, and uh, Gary, perhaps you might be able to translate this one for us. Uh, <laughs> at Dreamcast Barber says, EA are absolute bellions. Uh, I will not translate that. That probably should have been said on the podcast, to be honest. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> All right. Um, well, sorry. Let's move on. Uh, uh, but- at- what? You know, I, I think I think that when it all boils down to it, um, I don't agree with EA, and I don't think that uh, them not putting the effort in is right or anything like that. I just want to make that clear that I don't think that anything they're doing is right, but I do think that there is reasons. I just want to say that now because, like, it, it might come across that I'm like in defense of them. I'm a Switch player, man. I, I don't, I don't like want them to not what, bring games. What Gary More games is saying better, is what Gary is saying. And when I think maybe maybe I'm translating here, what you're trying to say is you don't like it, but you understand why it's happening. Yeah. Like you get the yeah. logic behind why it's happening. Yeah. Okay. I, I get I mean, it too, but it still makes me angry. That's fair. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it does make so, me angry. You said there was a shortage of racers. Well, in you know, in June we had Crash Team Racing come out. And I'm know, not talking so- about cart games. Okay. And I know so, we got. Oh, the, you're, you're talking about like Need for Speeds and stuff. I know like we that. got Chase Horizon uh, Turbo, right. and that was a great game. Well, anyway, you know, the, that, yeah. the point of this but, is, you know, this was done by Activision, but even that's starting to going to get post-purchase deals, you know, microtransactions throughout patched yeah. in, which is also kind of sleazy, you know, being done uh, after review periods. Yeah, let's uh, let's take a couple more of these comments. Uh, Rainer Teach. Uh, says, not reading the article, EA moved on from Nintendo a long time ago. I don't play FIFA, so I choose to play EA games other places because I don't have a choice. Admittedly, the only one that interests me is Plants vs. Zombies. Uh, and Aging Punk, well, it's true because the other choice is not playing them at all because they've not been offered on the Switch. Uh, at Togobat, Bruce Patterson, Patterson says, uh, that's crazy we don't play on the Switch because there isn't any. Uh, at Michael Burgett, I guarantee if they put forth the effort that people would buy EA games on the Switch, but they don't, and that's on them, not the consumer. And uh, at Zablanc, we're gonna we're gonna let his be last, and I think this uh, is hitting on what Jesse was talking about earlier. If EA neither understands nor wants to make games for the Switch anymore, I'm all on board because I don't want any of their bloated microtransactiony games. <laughs> Right. And uh, I think that that is that's hitting the nail right on the the issue, right, right in the head. Yeah. Uh, the, the, this this morning, Jim it's Sterling, hard to do a lot of mobile transactions with a mobile console. 
Right. When you don't always have internet. Yeah. So yeah, this morning, Jim Sterling put out a video talking, you know, a lot of the similar things that I was talking about and what Zablon mentioned. Uh, and I put, I pasted that video in our discord and that brought forth more discussion in oh, yeah. 30 minutes than I think I've ever seen. So it was amusing to watch. It, it's interesting that, uh, right, that like there's, this is such a, um, I want to call it a sore spot, right? But it, I mean, it's, it, it raises the hackles, right, of, of the entire community, like anytime it comes up. And I think that whether it's a good business decision or not, let me caveat that or couch that in that, whether it's a good business decision or not, EA is only damaging their reputation as a company and a developer and a publisher with this. But on the opposite side of that, I don't think they care. I, again, I don't disagree with that. I think that they have enough people who will buy whatever they put out every year just because it's got Madden or FIFA or uh, NBA slapped on it. And that's the cash cow, right? And Battlefield, some of the other, some of the other, uh, like franchises they have. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they make good games. I don't play any of their games because, again, I'm like you. I don't, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have anything to play them on. I'm like, my son has a PlayStation Four, but I'm not a, I'm not a sports fan. I don't, don't have the games. Um, on the other hand, like Jedi Fallen Order looks really, really good, <laughs> right? So, guess a squirrel finds a nut every now and then. Um, I want that game for sure. I yeah, mean, and it just sucks that I have to give them money. <laughs> it sucks that I have to give them money. And that to, that type of stuff is fine for me. It's like, do those games. Do those things that I can go to the bigger systems that can handle those type of games. But it just seems lazy to me that they're not even trying anymore with Nintendo, especially after that comment. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, it's 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 really lazy. And but I guess I guess I can gross. be thankful though though that that they did say that, and I don't have to sit here and guess if they will be doing something. No, we know they're out. Right? Yep. Yeah, so know. I could be thankful for that at least. That so okay, I know where I'm, I'm going to be playing Jedi Fallen Order. I knew I wasn't going to be playing right. on the Switch anyway. But I'm not looking for Mass Effect trilogy to come out. I'm not looking for any Plants vs Zombies or Sims or anything like that. It's yep. not going to happen. And I'll go buy Madden for my PS4 now because I know it's not go. coming to the Switch or anything. So There you go. <laughs> hey, Jesse, why don't you cue up that what we've been playing music? Hey, Gary, we want to start with you this week because uh, you mentioned a, a particularly uh, sad story about mm-hmm. Fire Emblem that you wanted to tell us. Yeah, so like Fire Emblems, uh, I'm not going to sound the biggest fan or anything like that, but since Awakening came out, I really enjoyed the franchise, like so, so much. Like it's filled a void from Advance Wars and, you know, it's it's it holds its own, basically. Uh, so really looking forward to this game. I think I'm the only Nintendo dad who is actually really hyped for it. Uh, so I ordered the big, massive limited edition. Now, the difference between the USA and British one is the British one didn't come with a soundtrack CD. No, 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 no. It came with something modern. It came with a USB with the soundtrack loaded on. 
which to be honest, I don't know why CDs exist anymore. I think everything should be USB or SD card or well, something. We What's we really that? just What's love our USB? shiny discs. Yeah, or, or vinyl. Or vinyls, yeah. <laughs> so so they're, coming, they're coming back. It's essentially like a metal keyring looking thing with a plastic USB attached. Uh, I did an unboxing video for the Nintendo Dads and I pressed the slider, but instead of the USB coming out, the entire plastic fixture came out. It was just, I mean, it rattled when I got it out of the box anyway, so it was already loose. Um, so I contacted Nintendo, but I didn't open the game up because I know sometimes they want you to return the entire box, which they, they did. They want me to, wanted me to return the entire box to replace the one little item that was broken. Um, so I didn't play the game because of that, basically. Uh, it's resolved now. And in all fairness, Nintendo's customer service was actually amazing. Um, so can't thank them enough for that, really. Any idea when that's getting back to you? Um, well, I've got it now. So I oh, it's gonna... back. So you have it. Yeah. Have you opened it to check that your USB drive is safe? Are you going to do a second yeah. reboxing? <laughs> reboxing, no, no, no. unboxing? No, 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 no boxing, 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 no. <laughs> So uh, I'll, I'll let you know what I think of it next week. Um, awesome. From from seeing the rest of the incident, I think everybody's already gathered their opinions and and already knows. I miss the I miss the old days when somebody would get a game like five months late and everybody'd still be interested if it's any good. Now if it's five months late, it's like, dude, you're playing that. God, Gary, if it makes what, you feel better, I'm yeah. interested in what you think. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. That I, I'm not, and that's not said in a patronizing way. I am interested in what you think because <laughs> you obviously care about this series more than any of us. Yeah, and I'm also the most skeptical I've been over a Fire Emblem game since Awakening with this one because I, I'm not sure that I like the idea of it basically being posh Hogwarts. Well, wait until I talk about it here in just a minute. Maybe okay. I will help you with that. All right. So uh, obviously you've not been playing anything uh, this week. Tim, what have you been playing? Uh, well, before I get into Fire Emblem, I will talk about a game that I put up a review for, which was Zombie Driver, the Immortal Edition. Um, and that game is hilarious, and I'm having a blast with it. Um, it was just a Let's Play video because I only did a few rounds of it, uh, the story mode, and I did one race and slaughter mode. Those are the three main modes of it. Um and it's basically the ultimate edition of this game that's been out for since the, I think the Xbox 360 version and Steam had it for a while. I uh, probably still out there too. Um, but yeah, it's just basically a top down uh, racer. Almost a little bit reminds me of, uh, do you remember the arcade game with the steering wheel where you had the RC cars that would go around a little track and you had like to spin the wheel and sprint. Oh something. yeah. 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 What was that? Jess? Something sprint. I, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it was it reminds me of that. I mean, it doesn't control in the same type of manner, but um, the the controls are fun because you can do a lot of drifting and sliding with the brakes. And then uh, you, you, you get weapons and shoot down zombies or run them down. Uh, but then you also take damage for every time you hit these zombies and then the zombies get bigger and the, the levels get harder. So, um, like I said, I've been having a lot a lot of fun with it. It's a good no-brainer type of game where you just go in and just run down some zombies and you know have fun with the story and basically the story is just about a go the government trying kind of hinting at they're covering it up or whatever um but they're make 
they're making you kind of you're a taxi driver you got a taxi in there and you were crazy enough to go out in the first mission and they're asking you to well you made it this far help help us out because our hands are tied and can you go save these people out in the city so they don't get killed by these zombies so you, you're going out on these missions to do that type of thing and and uh you go pick them up bring them back to base to safety and uh I don't know if there's anything else yet because, like I said, I only got about to level five, uh, but it's been a lot of fun. So, like, and it's like I said, if you don't want to think too much, you just want to go in and just drive and run down zombies. That's a good game to just jump into and do. I think it's uh, fifteen dollars on eShop, or it still might be on sale. I think it was like ten percent off. Um, at least when I was doing the review, it might have gone back up to regular price at some point. Um, but it came out the same day as Fire Emblem. So I'm sure a lot of people have been more into the Fire Emblem. Yeah, I see which, it as $15, not on sale. Okay. Thanks for checking, Jesse. Um, but I was one of those people that was on the on the fence with Fire Emblem. And actually, I wasn't going to pick it up and was actually probably going to just ask for it for Christmas or something later on down the line. Uh, but thankfully, uh, Nintendo UK actually reached out to the Nintendo dads and asked if we'd like to have a review copy. And since everybody who was interested already bought one, <laughs> I was able to get the review code. And I'm actually, this is my first Fire Emblem game. So uh, I've never played a Fire Emblem before, not even the um, Ambassador editions that we got with the DS. I just, um, or the 3DS, I they always interested me. But I just never bit the bullet. Well, I guess I shouldn't say this is my. Well, this is my first console version and and uh, portable version. I did try the Heroes one on mobile, but like he's, like I told you guys before, I don't stick with mobile games very often. I might try it, but um, that was all right. But um, I did get into the game actually this evening, as I told you guys, uh, to pick my house. I went to the training mission and got to play that, and then pick pick the house, uh, pick the kingdom that I was going with. Um, and right when I was getting ready to pick that, that's when uh, you guys are calling to join the show. So it'll probably be part of the video because I'm actually going to post the recording up to show that, you know, first time player, Nintendo dad picking his, you know, Fire Emblem's Three Houses house. So that's where I'm at right now. Uh, yeah, so I'll jump in and talk about it a little bit here, I guess, too, uh, just save a little bit of time. Uh, I'm like Tim, like I like the, like I think I said it last week on the show that I like the concept of Fire Emblem, but I don't actually like the, the execution of it. Like every time a new one comes out, like I get kind of excited about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, this looks really cool. And then I play it for like three weeks or so or a month, and then I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm done, right? Uh, and so with that being said, I plan to skip this one completely. Like I was just going to skip it. I, I, I'm like Gary. I was a little skeptical of the whole Hogwarts is esque uh, vibe to it, but, um, I'm, and I've only played it for like maybe three or four hours so far, but I can say without a doubt that I love it. Well, I was very surprised, um, the animation in fact, is the animation is fantastic. Yeah, the just the awesome. whole visual package is great. Yeah. Um, the, and it is seamless, like the way that you're above the map and like in a battle, and you go to like attack, and it zooms in to right where you are on the map. You know, and it's like it's not this 
cutscene anymore. It's actually feels like it's all taking place together. Uh, and so I made it far enough to pick my house. There's, there's like an initial little tease about picking your house first. And then there's a second time that it actually happens for real. And so I went with the black Eagles, uh, because I just, I love the, the, the I actually just love their kind of like icon, you know, the whole banner and everything. Um, and from what I've heard in the long run is that the, the yellow, is it deer? Mm-hmm. Are they the deer? Yellow deer are the easiest track. The blue lions have the most interesting story and the black Eagles story is harder and there are more difficult choices to make. Like apparently there's some, you know, and I was really impressed by that knowing that like I've seen it said that the, that, that all the tracks in the game individually are like 40 or 50 to 60 hours each. And to know that it's not just like, it doesn't just change the color or the characters for you to run through the story. I'm sure there's some similar beats, but there's all kinds of different things that are going on in the game differently in the houses. And so the premise of the game is it's Fire Emblem. You're going to be you know, doing battles and going to war, but you're also a professor at uh, the this monastery where once you pick your house, you kind of become the head of that house uh, or, or their, their professor who's responsible not only for leading them in battle, but also teaching them lessons, which will cause them to form bonds with each other and with you, uh, will cause them to have improved battle capabilities and all kinds of different things like that. Meanwhile, you can also uh, interact with all the other people from all the other houses. And if you build up enough clout with them, you can actually recruit them to come to your house. And I don't know if that means that you like kick somebody out yet or not, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I don't know. And it, like Gary's right. It's, it's a, it's a very Hogwarts. Like it's, it's a very Hogwarts vibe, even just the look of the castle or the, you know, the monastery and the surrounding grounds and different things like that. But uh, what I wanted to talk about in particular, since I'm not too far in the game, but I has impressed me the most is the voice acting in this game is absolutely top tier. Top tier. Like I know sometimes like you'll get one or two guys or one or two girls who are really good and you know, like they're the main characters, but even like the little piddly, you know, comments and things sound like they were done so well. And I know there's been some controversy about the main characters, you know, voice actor over the last week or so. And Nintendo's like patching the whole thing. Like they're for free. They're offering a completely different, voice track and I think they're wise to do so but it just it's so well done animation like Tim said is great and it, it really the voice acting when voice acting in a video game is done well it draws you into the story and it makes you want to play more sometimes it's annoying and you don't want to hear any more of it this so far has made me want more and more and more and it's it's like cinematic quality voice acting so Definitely. I and and really we don't, I guess not, don't need to expect anything less than to know, but like, I've never, like, this is the first game in a long time that I've set up and been like, man, this, they're really good. You know, it does not sound phoned in. Uh, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to spending some more time with it this weekend. Uh, and I know Tim's going to do a couple videos and different things like that. And I'm looking forward to what Gary has to say too. Does that make you feel better, Gary? It does. It does. A little to yeah. for, for a non-Fire Emblem fan to be that into it. It's because no, looking... I like I, I like the army thing. You see, I like the you know the 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 
like castle for that goes to war and I don't really know what to expect because I, I try to if there's a game that I'm really excited for I try to know as little as possible same here and even though I'm on the fence I still try to know as little as possible about this as I could so I mean with me I didn't care so I didn't yeah. <laughs> I didn't know anything uh, but like I'm I'm in now like I I, I will this is probably one that I probably won't finish it when other people do. Obviously I know there's probably people who have already finished one or more of the, the tracks, but I will chip, I will probably keep it and chip away at it until I'm done with at least one story. So I'm going to, I'm going to make a very concerted effort. Marty, you picked, you picked black Eagles. I actually picked uh, blue lions. So it's really funny because I'm actually picking golden deers. Okay. Okay. And well, look at your shirt too. So you know, yeah. <laughs> your shirt is golden. But that's one of the reasons why <laughs> why I brought the box set. So it was because they they come with these little pin badges. Because I love pin badges. I always stick them on my hats. And I've got a hat here with no pin badge, which is a bit strange. Um, but um, they've got these little crest badges, and they are so so cool. I love them. Yeah, I just wish I would have you know picked up the the warfare edition too. But. Uh, yeah. I'm cool um, with the I'm cool with the regular. <laughs> yeah, but that's yeah. I'm I'm just happy I get to. to from what I heard it, about so. the game uh, from uh, other podcasts, the playing through once you ne- still no matter which path you take, you never really get the full story. There's always there's like some there's gaps in the information that you kind of have to play it at least two, if not three times, to really know what's going on unless you got three right. di- three guys playing different the three different areas that we can talk yeah. about it and then, and then <laughs> you know, that, even then depending on who how strict you are on that you, yeah. you know, maybe may be considered spoiler territory even though you know you may have completed one path and i don't know it, that's up to you <laughs> well you, sure we could do it like you guys did the breath of the wild too so when spoiler we, when cast, right yeah Yep. Yeah. So um, I'll just go ahead and, and jump in, and Jesse will let you finish up this week. I've also been playing the Super Smash updates. Uh, don't not much to say there other than I've really enjoyed the online mode. I've really uh, the online tournament and the hero has been a very pleasant surprise. Uh, but I also picked up today two games, one of which I've not even launched yet. The, that was Pandemic, which is a version of the popular board game by Z-Man Games, which oh, uh, is yes unannounced completely out of the blue showed up today uh on the eShop. so that must what? have just that must hit late because earlier today i went through the, the games of that haven't been released yet and updating their when their release date are and it still still said 2019 well it's out uh for those of now. you who are unfamiliar with uh what pandemic is it's a cooperative board game in which you play as a team of virologists who are trying to save the world from impending doom from four different colored viruses. The way that you do that is by moving around the board and uh, using cards you collect to uh, wipe and other things to wipe viruses off the map. But each turn, a new city is infected, and if uh, the infection rate gets too high, it causes an outbreak, which then spreads to other cities, which if the outbreak, if the level there is too high, will then outbreak and spread to other cities it's really hard. <laughs> it's really difficult. 
Uh, and uh, it's it's immensely popular. It spawned uh, two uh, legacy variants, which are like games that you play where the decisions you make in one game impact the next game. That's what I was going to ask. Is this the game where the board, the game board will change permanently? From what I from what I've seen, no, it's the vanilla version. But okay. uh, knowing their releases of Carcassonne and uh, Catan. Uh, I think there are some added elements in DLC that you can purchase. I, like I said, I haven't but, launched it but, yet. But the actual board game does that, then, right? Uh, the legacy versions do. Okay, yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking of. The legacy see. versions do. You open up new areas and different things like that. The other game I picked up today uh, is a game that got shown, I believe, during the last Nindy Direct that I was super excited about. It's called Forager, uh, and it's from Humble Bundle Games. And this is a... Uh, Kind of like a top-down Zelda-esque perspective um, m- amalgamation between Minecraft and Don't Starve and several of those games in which you you know, you know mine the, the atmosphere around you and you get different things and those things allow you to build other things. Only this time there's not only a um, an emphasis on industry, which it's called industrial in the game. There's also um, farming and other things as well, economy and magic. And so there's obviously things that you do as you unlock and uh, you start as a level one character. And as you level up, you get skill points, which actually unlock different abilities in the game and different things for you to produce in the game as well. So like uh, if you level up your industry, you'll be able to start to produce steel and glass. uh, And those things won't show up on your island until then. And the, and the initial island that you start on is very small, uh, and there's not that much instruction at all. Uh, you've got a pickaxe, which doesn't break, and you can use it to break just about anything. It might just take some time, and you have to knock down bushes and trees and get food so you can keep yourself, your hunger meter up, all done in a very whimsical art style. Uh, eventually, you're you're able to work up to building buildings and houses and planting your own gardens and doing stuff like that. Um, it's why I was late showing up to record the podcast tonight. <laughs> Cause I got like, I literally got lost in it. Like I, I did not, I'd lost track of time and it's been a long time since I played a game where I lost track of time. Uh, it's, it's super simple and sweet. And um, like my son had played it and he was giving me pointers and we were talking about different things. It was just a neat moment. And uh, I, it's 20 bucks. Pandemic is also 20 bucks. Both of them are available on the eShop uh, as of today. I, if you're into Minecraft or Terraria or any kind of those um, mining and foraging games, this is going to be like right in your wheelhouse. So I would recommend it if you're into those things. If not, there's not. I don't. As of yet, playing for an hour, I haven't discovered much more than that. Right? There is the upgradable thing, and as you go to like your skill tree and stuff, there's tons of slots for gear and all kinds of other stuff. And right before I came, I had just un- like upgraded my pickaxe to where it does 75% more damage, and that's permanent. So there's there's obviously some you know permanency to things. What I'm wondering is what happens when you die. And I haven't died yet. I'm wondering if it's kind of roguelike, like you, you know, you build up certain levels and then you die and you come back, and it's I don't know. I'm gonna have to do some research on the game, but so far, so good. Jesse, what cool. have you been playing, bud? Okay, so I kind of finished up my playthrough of Dragon Quest Builders 2, and 
I'm kind of referencing notes that I what I put in the Discord because I don't. You know, it's been almost a week already since I typed it up, and I don't remember everything I said. So, you know, t- Tim asked for what was my final take on it after finishing it, and after the, when I was finished with the story, you know, it open pretty much opens up a sandbox mode, and I can do pretty much anything I want. And but as someone who not never got into Minecraft, that aspect of the game I didn't really care about. So that that's why the game just kind of like hit a roadblock and stopped for me, which is fine. I still put in 70 hours into it and I enjoyed playing the story, but uh, there was definitely things that I didn't get to unlock. Like one of which is you can, you, you can get a magic pencil, which you, you take a pre-constructed building, either something you built yourself, something that's already in the game, or if you go to someone else's Island and then just see what, the, what they built, you can, make your own blueprint based on that, take it back to your island, plop it down, and then your villagers will build it for you. So you don't, or or you can build it yourself if you want, but that's, you know, part of the benefit of the game is you, 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 you're teaching the NPCs how great it is to be a builder, so they all become builders, so they will literally build things for you as long as you have the floor plan down and sub- give them the supplies. So, you know, in the end game, if you want to have everyone have their own identical looking house, you can literally build it once, make a copy of, make a blueprint of it, drop it down 15 times, and just let them make their own houses. <laughs> Overall, the, the storyline was pretty linear. A lot of people say that's a negative to them. To me, it was a positive, because I don't like it when games say, here, you've completed this quest, congratulations, here are 15 more you can do. Like... Now, too much, you know. You know the most that they ever gave me to do at one time was like three, and I'm that I'm fine with that. That was manageable. So, but and it very rarely left me with nothing to do. It almost always had me doing something. If I thought I had nothing to do, I really had something to do. I just forgot what I was supposed to do, or I missed something and had to go back and figure it out. But you know, so it's so if if you're like the Minecrafty and can play for a hundred more hours, have at it. You know, you're gonna you're gonna have fun. If all you want is a story, I still enjoyed it, and I I do want to go back and play the first builders. Yeah, you know, now that I'm a year separated from it, from the last time I tried it, I probably you know I'm gonna have to go through the start of the game for a third time. But it's probably not gonna be it's not gonna be an issue with as big of an issue with me. Do you think it's going because to be hard to go here? back because of all the improvements from in, from one to two? I don't remember. See, I, I didn't get that far into the one to know how much of an improvement it was. From what I remember, it's plays very similar. So I guess I'll find out when I do play it if, how much improvements were done. But I, I do plan on playing that playing that again. You know, try, trying the first builders again. Then I talked a little, a little about a little bit about this last week, but Picross, Lord of the Nazarick. I, I mentioned it last week due to the Overlord anime, where I've still only seen the first episode. Uh, but th- this game is kind of played out in broken up into nine pieces, where you're you're the main character talking to nine other characters from the show. And it's like they're rehashing memories. 
and unlocking memories. I don't know if these are new story bits or actually stuff that came from the show. You know, the show ran for three seasons, so it could have been all. I haven't gotten into it, so I'm on that part. I don't know, but so like every so each of the nine people has nine regular Picross puzzles, nine Mega Picross puzzles, and just like previous Picross games, the Picross and the Mega Picross are the same puzzle, just different sets of clues. Then you also get three color Picross and one clip Picross, which is like a big grid and you solve certain smaller ones. And when it's all done, it fills in the whole thing. The first three, the, the, the clip across was 25 puzzles. And then I've done four and five and they were 40 each. So there's a ton, you know, they said there's like over 500 puzzles. So if, I haven't done the math yet and I don't know if all of them are 40 or if they even go even bigger. But yeah, I, I finished, or I'm almost, I think I have like two or three puzzles left in the fifth clip, Picross, but I'm almost done with five out of the nine. So yeah, I'm just kind of burning through this. This, you know, this is my, almost like sh shut my brain off and just go into, you know, algorithm mode and just go through the process. So I don't, I don't really have to think hard about it. It's just, to me, it's just a logical algorithm to go through but i i you know that's that's what that, i like that like well, you hearing you describe it that that way is just it's not frustrating to me but it's it just makes me it's amusing to me because like picross stresses me out you know and you're like oh people, yeah this is relaxing to me. yeah most people are they 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 have brain bleeds after it and uh, this is this relaxes my brain <laughs> Well, no, see that, and I, that's how I feel about um, the like the pixel lines, like the yeah, you know, that kind of fell into the same group. Like that, for... That's very relaxing to me. It was frustrating at sometimes, but like if you miss one spot and you can't figure out what you've got to erase to, you know, and your fill one that glitch in. was fifteen rows over, yeah, and it all yeah, just yeah. chained reaction. Yeah, that that I, I did have the same feeling with that game, but it got to a point where it got annoying. 128 by 128 you know it'll take you four hours to do it if you don't mess up once <laughs> right you get to some of those dinosaur puzzles and they're like oh it's you know it's like a 128 by 128 right Ugh, i haven't which, even tried them yet that, that, I, which is you know it doesn't sound like it's, it sounds like it's twice as big as a 64 by 64 but it's actually four times the size mm -hmm. yep okay you're then, exactly right then the last game I want to talk about kind of like dropped in my lap and, and I had a chance to play it today. Uh, Jackbox Party 6, you know, we, talk, we talked about that coming out. Uh, the Jackbox people puts out like a weekly Let's uh, YouTube playthrough. They'll host a game and everyone watch, uh, watching the video can play if they can hop in. And while... Today was the first day they played Trivia Murder Party 2. So I wasn't actually able to actually to play it because you, you you had to literally enter in the code in less than 100 milliseconds to get in. Because I tried doing it as fast as I could and I was an audience member on both times. But still, I was able to play the game, watch the game. 
uh, as an audience member. And it, I, I had fun with it. It plays very exactly the same way as the original game, but you know, the, the little, the killing room game, mini games, there are, they, they say there are twice as many varied mini games. So there's more, more games to choose from. Not, not all of them are new. Like they did bring back chalices. And when they saw chalices, the chat went, Oh no, I hate this one. <laughs> not but, a fan of chalices either but it's still kind of funny but chalices was the only old game that came back that we saw everything else we saw was new no fingers no fingers the there was like a, a, a different mechanism instead of fingers they called here's a box of presents pick one and everyone picked a present and of those who opened it, most people just got money, so just added to their prize pool. And one person got these weird glasses that went on their avatar with like swirly lenses. What that did is it, it acted like what in you don't know Jack when you get screw when you screw someone else, and something is just. It messes up with the with the inputs. Yeah. That's what happens now. Oh, okay. When that or when and if if that person becomes a ghost, everyone who is still alive gets that effect, and their avatars all be, gets like googly eyes on it. Huh. So, so when you the, said a box, like I was thinking, like. They opened it up and it was just bees. No, it was like like rat presents. <laughs> and so, so some of the mini games was kind of cool. Is they had you know, a game similar to Chalice's was here's a box we want you to, to hide in, and it's got like I don't know four by it was that it was like five by four grid, and you had to pick one of the twenty cells, and then everyone else who wasn't playing had a skewer. And they said, pick a row or column. So you think you will like th- put your sword through it, and wow. then they open the box. And if you got skewered, you're dead. And if you didn't, then you're still alive. So very you know similar tech, similar logically of how how chalices work. And there was two players in that one. One of them, one of them was uh, survived. The other one got skewered twice from the row and the column. Ouch! Yeah, so that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. It's one, one of, the, of my favorite Jackbox games. Period. One of the mini games was literally Quiplash, and no, and it went to the Quiplash art. So that what I, I was amusing, and you know the, the whole thing is in a, like a hotel setting. So each killing room is a different room number, so it'll actually say 101 or 305. So it's got a, got a little bit more, a little bit more charm to it. I'm looking forward to that one too. Yeah, and I thought there was something else I wanted to mention, but now I don't remember what it was. But <laughs> if it, I knew I was, oh, that's I was, okay. I knew I was going to forget something, but uh, no, no problem. Oh, you know, we I, got a couple... I, I remember what it was now. If you have an audience, it, uh, and this may have been part of the original game, but. I never played with a large enough audience to notice. 
where here we had an, we were an audience of two hundred, but in in the final sequence where you're you're chasing down the one all the ghosts are chasing down the one person who's alive, that gameplay is the same, but the audience is part of that has their own row that also chases the one who's alive, trying to get out. So when you get to the exit, there's a force field. And the only way to break the force field is to get a perfect answer to a question. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that adds a little bit of a layer of challenge. Absolutely, yeah. Especially with 200 audience members, uh, we still had, you know, we, we had to get 75% of us with the right answer. And that I was damn near impossible. Yeah. If you had a smaller audience, definitely is easier. <laughs> <laughs> that that sounds wild. It sounds like they put a lot of uh thought and research into that game. Uh how to make it better than Trivia Murder Party, which it, that's a tall feat. If you've if you've never played Trivia Murder Party, Jackbox Party Pack Three is probably the best out of all five of them. You you definitely need to check it out. Yeah, and we didn't hear it, but they with the people who were hosting it said that it was a asked someone asked a question about the the hosts voiceovers or how many different is there any weird funny voices that voiceovers that'll say and he said i think he said that he makes a crack about quiplash and then says i wish the other games in the pack were as fun as this <laughs> so so even the game is being self referential to other games yeah so I, I'm looking forward to getting that when that comes out. There's still no release date. It's still just this fall. Cool. And there are I still would, two. I think the others have come out around September or October. Okay. That makes, Usually. That would line up. There are still two games that have yet to be announced. We know that there are no sequels other than Murder Party 2. And they said they would have an announcement next week with what either with what the game four will be or a teaser to what game four will be. But they said they'll have something to share next week. Good deal. That sounds like they're coming pretty quick. Yeah. And I'm on, I'm on their PR mailing list. So when they do officially announce it, I'll get it. And we can talk awesome. about it on the next show. You know what? We've got a couple of emails that we're going to use to close out the show. So Jesse, why don't you uh, hit that community spotlight? all right our first email tonight comes from james m and he writes us this hey all this is a message from marty specifically you mentioned saying buggy in the south which we do it's that thing that you put your milk in when you go to walmart also put your coke in there and it's pepsi dr pepper coke Fresca, doesn't matter. It's Coke. I thought they were anyway, all Cokes. Yeah, I was pushing my buggy around uh, earlier today, picking up some stuff at Walmart. Uh, here's what he says. So I thought I would recommend a book to you. It's called Speaking American by Josh Katz. It has maps of the U.S. that show differences in certain terms. You might like it. Here's some examples. He gives us a link. Uh, I'm super excited about this book, James, and definitely going to check it out. Um, I love little, like as an English minor in college, I love all of that. Like, I, you know, there's sections of, the, of our country that say pop and soda and Coke. 
and everybody else is wrong. It's all Coke. Um, if they say, say buggy pop. and buggy and cart and something else. And then like, uh, you know, like over where Gary is, you know, they, we have buggies that we push our babies around in too, but normally we just call them a stroller. And if you're lucky, like Gary to live across the pond, it's a pram. Yeah, probably a boogie. And I have no clue what a pram is. Like, I don't know if that's short for something or how that got started. I don't. We just weird. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, so he gave us a link of like a, a an example of what's in that book, and it's, it says, "What do you call the little gray creature that looks like an insect, but it's actually a crustacean that rolls up into a ball when you touch it?" And they have four possible answers so, that are color coded with the map of the United States. Roly poly, which is like 75% of the South and like Mississippi, Tennessee, Georgia is like deep red. That's there. They say roly poly. Other options are pill bug, which looks like a little bit of Ohio and, and Indiana. Uh, potato bug is a few splotches in, in like uh, Oregon, Wyoming, uh, Colorado, and a little bit in Massachusetts. And then the, I have no idea what this creature is, is like upper Northwest, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Northern Michigan, and the, and the, the Dakotas. <laughs> we call it roller poly in Southern part of Michigan. So yeah, yeah. It's all of Maine, Michigan is really poly, but all of the Northern part is, I have no idea. <laughs> it's a re, the, that Lake Michigan just completely cuts it off. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> <laughs> so that that looks like an amusing book. I might I might even look into that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. Uh, we got another email from Third Strongest Mole, uh, otherwise known as Sam, and this is what he writes. And this is a cool email. He says, "Hey Nintendo Dads, it's a little early, but about a year ago on August second, 2018, I first became a Nintendo Dads patron." I don't have any kids of my own, but I hope I can one day be as cool a dad as you guys. Little did I know that I was not only supporting my favorite Nintendo podcast, but also becoming part of one of the coolest online communities around. Shout outs to all my fellow patrons on the Discord server who make that a reality, especially John and Drew for organizing Monthly Mayhem. Here's to another great year. Sincerely, your third biggest fan, Sam, <laughs> a.k.a. Third Strongest Mole. P.S. Topic for the show, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 has me reliving the glory days of couch co-op playing X-Men Legends with my older brothers, even though we now live more than 100 miles apart. What are your best memories of couch co-op gaming memories with family and friends? Man, uh, Sam, thank you for that very, very, very kind and gracious email. Uh, we love having you as one of our patrons. Thanks so much for supporting us. We love all of our patrons, uh, and we hope that each and every one of you have a have an experience like this. Um, we do try to build a unique online community, and we are committed to that. And uh, we're thankful for you, each and every one of you. Uh, and we're glad that you are a fan of the show. Can keep listening. Lots more greatness coming down the line. So around the horn here, real quick, one of your best memories of co-op gaming memories. I've never really played games with my brother. I'm I'm three and a half years older than him. Um, you know, most we normally played our own games separately. But there was one game I remember that we played together: Baseball Simulator 1000. 
Super Nintendo. Yeah, I think this was, was NES. I don't. I my oh yeah, because that was Super Baseball Simulator One Thousand. Yeah, this was this was the NES version. So uh, it was like your, your typical arcadey baseball game, but some of the players could have. Uh, some like super moves like one person could jump insanely high to catch those fly balls you know and but that costs stamina and if you did it too much then the guy get, got tired and you had to swap them out so you couldn't just spam that moves like that and we 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 set up an entire season where i played one team he played another team and was cpu teams for the others so we would just when we had our chances to play our games we'd play our games against the cpu let the cpu play against the cpu and then when it when it came to the two of us having to play then then we had to wait until we both had time to play i don't think we ever finished the season because still ever would require us to play 120 128 games each uh but uh yeah it was uh it was still amusing to try it i think that that was the only game i remember actually playing with my brother Okay. What about you guys? Um, co best co-op experience. I think it's just when I was in school, we were addicted to Perfect Dark on N64. Like every single day, we'd go home from school, get ready, and then we'd be either friends would be at mine or I'd be at theirs. Perfect Dark, nonstop. Uh, yeah, just made a, a a year go like it was an hour. You know, it was so fast, like it's. Enjoyed, really enjoyed that game. Um, getting full on junk food like beef space raider crisps. I don't know if you guys have those in Freddo Frogs, uh, which is a Cadbury chocolate. Just no. yeah, <laughs> eating junk, eating junk food till you're ready to puke, and tons of perfect dark, perfect. Yeah. Round Mwah. here, <laughs> kids use pizza pockets for something like that. <laughs> yeah. So mine, I, I have. I'm trying to think of the one I was trying to think of the one that would uh, probably stand out the most because I've had plenty of co-op times with friends, especially on N64 when they had the four controllers um, with GoldenEye and the wrestling games and all that kind of stuff. Um, I didn't have an N64, so whenever I went to my friend's house, uh, we would play that. But the one that stood out to me that, that just popped in my head that I would have to say stands out the most because he didn't play games until this point was with my dad. Um, it was when I started working in the factory at not the same factory he did, but it was the same company, Chrysler. Uh, in my younger years, I, I got a job there for the summer, was making good money, and I was able to buy not a Nintendo product, but actually the PlayStation, the first PlayStation. Um and hooked it up to the TV, was showing it to him, and we had uh, Ace Combat. And he just, for some reason, just really liked that game. And they had a, I guess it wouldn't be necessarily co-op, but it was the dogfight. And this was the first game that he got into and got into it with me. We both would, you know, he'd wait for me to come home from work, or he would come home from work, and we would play this ace combat game together just flying around and having dog fights you know and and then i even caught him playing one time you know when i came home from work because i was still living at home of course and uh 
it just shocked me, but it was a great memory, especially because when I was younger, my dad passed away. So that's why that memory stands out, because it was like something that our my generation or our generation, probably our parents, would you wouldn't catch your parents playing video games <laughs> unless it was Pong or something just to check out the uh, nostalgia of that or uh, or even I mean, I know I played Pong, too, but, you know, just our parents playing it with us wasn't for me a thing so that's why that one sticks out for me so i grew up as an only child and uh, no brothers and sisters my cousins um on my dad's side were all way older than me like they were you know going into high school when i was born uh, or junior high they were they were enough ahead of me that they did not want to play with me you know at the time and then the other cousins that I had were all younger than me, like by 10 years. And so I was kind of in the middle and we lived not out away from the city, but we lived in like a suburb. Um, and there was like maybe two or three kids on my road and that was it. Right. Uh, and this was back, you know, in the eighties when like late eighties, then video games weren't as cool as they are now. Like, you know, Nintendo was really picking up, but it's it wasn't just like generally accepted like it is now. So uh, not a lot of my friends played, uh, didn't really have a lot of friends. But um, I remember just like, I guess, like the very first co-op game that I can remember playing is Rampage on the NES and beating it with my mom and like her sitting up one Saturday night and going through every single city. Right. That game has an ending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You eventually get there and it's tough. Uh, but I think we game G needed or something to have unlimited continues. Ah, okay. Uh, and, uh, which I had an illegal Canadian game genie because, you know, there was a time Nintendo wasn't allowing those to be sold here in the United States. And my uncle went to Canada and he bought, that's what he brought me back. Nice. Uh, yeah. So it was really cool. Uh, I remember playing double dragon with her too. Uh, but she loved bubble bobble and rainbow islands. Yes. And we played a ton of bubble bobble and rainbow islands together. Like my dad, the only time I ever remember my dad playing the Nintendo was me walking upstairs one night and him playing Super Mario Brothers. And it was very obvious that he was drunk. <laughs> and it was like, he was, he was like, what? I'm getting all the coins, you know, <laughs> <Just weird. laughs> but my mom and I, she, she was always my player too. Right. You know, cause I didn't have anybody to play with until a kid moved in across the street uh, who I was good friends with from school. And that was around the time of the Super Nintendo. And he had the, uh, like the whole, like he had every game for the Super Nintendo he wanted. You know, he had everything. And we played, I mean, we had Epic, Mario Kart, Super Mario Kart, All Nighters, you know, Street Fighter 2. Uh, just when you can play a game for hours, you know what I'm saying? You know, like just over and over with eight characters that, and two of them being mirrors of each other. Um, but I also remember he's the only person I ever knew who had the multi-tap for the Super Nintendo, and we played Bomberman yeah. with his little brother and sister, and we just menaced them. It was so much fun. We like It gave me a love for Bomberman, uh, and that was a great version of that game on the Super Nintendo. So lots of good memories 
And they're even extending all the way back to like um, when my wife and I were were dating and engaged. Was when the GameCube was out. It was brand new, and playing uh, Super Monkey Ball one and two with my father-in-law. Yes. Uh, or then soon to be father-in-law, and playing like monkey golf and monkey pool, and he yes. just having a ball playing that. And that's, I've always had a soft spot for monkey ball because of Fun that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, just like I got a ton of those, you know, and now I get to pass it on. I think that's one of the coolest things about video games and kids and Nintendo, the way they do things is, is they're still keeping couch co-op alive in a lot of ways, uh, in a big way on their system. So it's cool to watch that, you know, that be able to pass down to your kids now, right? Yeah. Uh, your own kids. And so that's, those are just a few. Or nieces or nephews, you know, if, <laughs> if you don't have your own kids. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Very true. And uh, thanks for that sweet email, man. We we really appreciate you. Well, guys, that has been our extra double fun-sized uh, episode 241. And uh, as we close out the show, th- we want to say thanks for listening. For those of you who are following along on YouTube, thanks for watching. Uh, and, uh, we also want to say a huge thanks to our Patreon producers. That's Chris Mears, John Blanco, Dave Ernsberger, and yes, Tim off. Uh, and because <laughs> of your support, we have the discord, we have tons of stuff going on and we also have a website now it's nintendodads.org. Yeah. Mom, we got a website. We're official. You can check out our newest YouTube videos, our tweets, our podcast episodes. We've got links to all of our social media over there. Even the Nintendo dads merch shop. So you can go and buy Nintendo Dad shirts and stickers and posters and duvet covers and all kinds of stuff that There's we... There's other things that we're we, working on that adding on when yeah. we can. Yeah, we've got other stuff coming to the website. So we definitely want you to go over and check out NintendoDads.org. You can also go over to Patreon.com backslash NintendoDads to support us. Uh, and you can also like these nice people this week. You can email us at NintendoDads at gmail.com or at podcast at nintendodads.org both of those will get you a direct line to the show and you can call in and leave a voicemail at 929-25-DAD that's 929-256-3237 we want to say a big thanks to OC Remix for all of our wonderful music used throughout the show you can download us from your favorite podcast app of choice that's CastBox iTunes, Stitcher Play Music Spotify and more to come obviously in the future uh, guys we want to say thanks for listening again for me, for Jesse, for Tim, and for Gary. This has been episode 241. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Nintendo Dads. Pow, 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 pow.